0: It's your choices that show what we truly are far more than our abilities. Quote by J.K. Rowling. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Nerdy Optometrist. This is your host, Ukti I chose this quote today because she is one of the authors who has shown a wonderful and magical world by means of Harry Potter. Our guest for today has shown wonders in optometry as well. She completed her bachelor's degree in optometry in 2008. From the University of Durban, Westville, South Africa. At the end of 2012, she completed her postgraduate diploma in diagnostics and advanced contact lenses through NECO from USA. In October 2017, she completed her postgraduate certificate in ocular therapeutics through Sunny University of Optometry, United States. She is now licensed to use and prescribe ocular therapeutic drugs as needed. She is the author of Vision Trist. Practical Guide to Anterior Segment Conditions, which is now available on Amazon in Kindle format. She's also a speaker of various local optometry conferences. I also had a pleasure to share the same platform with her, with webinars as well as Ools. And that's not it. She's also the developer of GuruMed, a new and exciting interna- international learning platform that brings practical care training to you. It's a pleasure to welcome Miss Mariki Salir to be part of this podcast.
1: Thank you so much and a warm welcome. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's um, it's always such a pleasure to do uh, conversations like this. And, um, you know, I was saying the other day that, you know, we've been able to reach out across the world like we've never done before. So, yeah, it's just a pleasure to be involved. Absolutely. So I do
0: know you have done tons of things in optometry and eye care. And we, also dis- and we will be discussing it throughout this podcast. But I like to ask, uh, this question to all my guests, that how did you bump into this profession? Because it's fascinating to hear people's story.
1: Yeah, that and that's a, such an interesting question because um, I think for a lot of us, it is quite a bit of a bump. It's not something that um, you normally would have chosen necessarily. So right. for me, <laughs> um, I, was, I was headset on being a med student. I wanted to be a, a doctor, and unfortunately, I just wasn't able to get the grades to get there. So, um, my mm-hmm. said, "No, let's make another plan. Let's apply for some of the other healthcare profession or healthcare um, uh, environments." And I had applied for physiotherapy and optometry, with physio actually being my first option. And I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. I only got accepted for optometry. So I kind of did it because <laughs> I kind of ended up being my last option. You know. And I still laugh about it because I think it was a little bit of divine intervention. I think God knew that this was where I was supposed to be, um, and I actually, loved right. it. I loved it from the get-go, and um, it's just gotten better over the last few years. It was fate, written, whatever choice you
0: tried or attempted. To me, God had written, optometry is for you. Exactly, exactly. That's, That's so amazing. But yes, you know, everyone has amazing stories of how they bumped into the profession, maybe Because they did meet an optometrist who fascinated them or they tried everything, failed and joined into this and realized how amazing the profession is. So so glad to hear your story. Mm -hmm. Now, as I briefly mentioned, you have a magical journey in optometry and eye care from clinical to, you know, writing a book. And, you know, starting your own company. So let's talk a little more about your journey overall.
1: Yes. So it's been quite a quite a ride over the last few years. So um, I opened my own practice quite early on in my career. I was out of varsity about two years when I decided to go on my own. Um, and then the first five or six years were spent, um, you know, just kind of growing in terms of what I wanted, where my passions were, and what I felt the my purpose was in this specific industry. And I fell in love with the with the healthcare side of it. I fell in love with the pathology and the, you know, managing things that were actually sort of outside of our scope at that stage. So um, that made me study further, and I ended up, like you said, getting my therapeutics post grad in 2017. And that was just that for me was just a life changer. Being able to practice full scope medical optometry, um, you know, didn't just change my life in terms of the the you know the feeling of contentness in what I was doing, but it was also really a big benefit um, to my patients as well. And yeah, from right. kind of branched out, you know, I I wrote that book. You know, Obi, I'm uh, Obi is a great friend of mine, and he made the suggestion for the book because there wasn't um, a therapeutics manual available outside of the World's Eye Manual, and it's it's very hard um, to actually um, pull that into an African market because we've got different drugs and things like that. So so yeah, I wrote the. Right the therapeutics guide in 2018. And, um, you know, from there, so many doors have just opened. So I started doing conferences, uh, webinars, like you said, with webinars, that was a great one that we did together. And I did a lot of workshops and things like that. And I just realized that I enjoyed so much sharing um, my knowledge, sharing my clinical knowledge with other optometrists with the purpose of us actually, um, you know, kind of treating our patients better, being able to have um, a better impact on the people that we actually serve. So yeah, so that uh, that was the journey in terms of how we got there. And then at the end of last year, I said to my husband, "You know, I love conferences. I love speaking to people, but it takes me away from home, and I've got three small kids. My kids are seven, five, and two. So being wow. away from home, yeah, it's being away from home is difficult, you know. And that's when I decided that I I want to continue teaching." but I prefer doing it online. And yeah, it's, uh, it just kind of, Gurumet just kind of developed from there. And COVID hit and gave, uh, gave it another kick for everyone
0: to, you know, move to this online portal. So digging deeper into Gurumed, how can you share a little more about the journey in Gurumed? What are you focusing on? How did that planned out from last year to till now?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, all I, I started with a with a, with an idea. I started with a dream saying, okay, I want to be able to do this, but I want to put it online. And I didn't really know how I was going to go about doing that, but I knew that I, I wanted to put the content online. So I started with actually doing the recordings and doing the videos and putting that, which I had on my head, um, onto mm-hmm. video content and um, developing uh, the course as such. And then, like you say, COVID and, and, and COVID just gave me so much time to actually sit down and figure out exactly how I wanted to do this, you know. So um, it took a lot of YouTube videos, a lot of self-study, a lot of learning to find the thing that worked. Um, but once I got it going, then I was able to put it online. And, and um, you know, the thing is with that is I decided to do it myself. I decided that I wanted to have control over the process Um, But like I say, COVID just gave me the time to be able to actually, um, you know, to be able to sit down and do it.
0: I really want to uh, take a pause and acknowledge you have three kids, you said, and you have your own practice. You started Guru Med and you decided to do it all by yourself. That's incredible!
1: I don't know how you had time. <laughs> oh, yeah! I, I, and, yeah. This is this is always such a funny, uh, funny question to answer because a lot of people are like, "What? What? You like insane? You know?" Yes. And and yeah, I think one of my problems, and it's something that I that I'll probably touch on a little bit later as well. But one of my biggest challenges is I'm quite a little bit of an excessive person, so I, I tend to when I do something, I tend to do it like too much. So, so so I will always find the time to make something work if I believe in it enough. But balance is always a bit of a challenge because of that. So I've had to learn to, to create specific brackets for specific things otherwise you know there's certain things that will that will just not i'll I'll just not get around to it so i have made specific portions of my day for specific stuff so i'm at the practice for a specific amount of hours and then i'm with my kids for a specific amount of hours and then i spend time on the online stuff and if if something doesn't or if i run out of time i normally try and not steal it away from my family time i'll take it somewhere else That's awesome. And you made time to be on my podcast too. So thank you so
0: much.
1: (laughs) It's a pleasure. It's always fun. I love doing this.
0: (laughs) So I actually really want to highlight another point, which you mentioned that this idea came to you of, you know, going or designing something online. I feel it is, it takes a lot. People do get tens of ideas, but then sometimes they just sit with it and they do not actually plan off either because of fear or trying to do something perfect before actually make implementing towards it. So I really appreciate along yeah. with the practice, you actually had an idea and you just jumped on, you know, trying and doing it out there. Otherwise, you might just have an yeah. idea floating around for for years and nothing has been happening. Yeah.
1: Now, a lot of people, and I, I, I completely get why so many people don't actually um, get that far, because it's there's quite a lot of sacrifice that goes with it. But I think I think the important right. thing is one has to have a very clear image of of where you want where you see yourself going and what, what it is that you are busy with because we are going to millions of ideas throughout mm-hmm. our life. It doesn't mean that you have to implement all of them. I mean, if you have to be in every day, you will go and say, right. My husband says to me the other day, he says to me, No, you are a little bit crazy. So I'm a little bit crazy because I have like a, a million thoughts a second and a million ideas, but it doesn't mean that we have to actually implement all of them, but you have to have a vision of where it is that you're going and what of those ideas is actually going to get you there. Right. And when you have that clear vision, it's easier to actually take the lead right. and make something happen.
0: Absolutely. I think this is such an important information that you shared that, you know, where you want to go have the clarity and start the journey. I feel that. Another very important and difficult thing is to start. It is just the day or time you decide you want yeah. to get into something. Yeah. The path will just follow. Yeah. So I think that's another piece which is so important. No, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Now talking about Guru Med and as you mentioned, you have created so much content—not just webinars, but writing books and creating content for your platform. Currently, content is the king it there is so much floating around it can be overwhelming and to stand out you have to have quality I want to learn a little more on the process of writing these content
1: okay so I've, I've been thinking about this quite you know hectically because I think we, we don't always look at what it is that we do and put it down in words and say okay this is what I do so something I have before I get into mm-hmm. how I do it, is that by no means am I a content expert, okay? I am actually currently kind of enrolled in a short course on mm-hmm. that exact subject because I felt that I would like to learn from someone else. And I think that is the main um, focus one has to have when you go into this, is that you always have to be willing to learn. You always have to be willing to um, reach out to people that might know more than us or might be better at something than we are to be able to grow in that space. Okay. Uh, but where content is concerned, um, one of the big problems and one of the big things that I've put in here is that you have to believe that what you have to share is valuable because a lot of times have this idea. And the first thing that comes to your mind is, Oh, you know what? This is really not that important, or this is really not that big, or, you know, that the South, the self doubt steals away your your authenticity from the world and I had a friend of mine to me you know um, it might be simple to you but it's only simple because you're so good at it so we actually um, kind Mm. of make ourselves to be uh, not worthy of actually putting content out there because we don't feel that it's that it's valuable and that is not true and then the second the second thing with content is at the moment like you said there's so much content out there you have to be authentic number one you have to be you don't try and be someone else or try and compare yourself with someone else because that someone is already doing what they are doing the only way you're going to stand out is if you are true to yourself and in that for me I had this whole thing about um, empowering people, empowering practitioners to be able to do something in their businesses. So my content is practical, very simple, very practical. And yes, there are some clinical aspects to it as well, but even the clinical stuff is straightforward. I am not a highly learned person. And when I speak and when I teach, it is not a highly learned type of environment. It's a practical and straightforward environment because that's mm-hmm. the way I understand it and you want to strive to actually give someone content that will enable them to do something with it because I mean what's the point of of hearing something that right. doesn't actually change something in in yourself you know yeah
0: I think that that's very important because there are two things which I have recently like in a scene or observed is, Either there is uh, a content which is more of a copy-paste because you saw it somewhere, you just feel, oh, this is great. You'll just modify a little bit and put it out there. Or it would be something which is so high level that many people struggle to understand it. But if you select your audience and
1: design accordingly, I think that would be, that will make half your job easy. Agreed. Agreed. And And then in terms of the practical aspect of designing the content, um it's not that difficult what you do is you actually go and you do you you write a recipe so you go okay if i had to now learn x subject so let's say we're saying i want to learn how to do a refraction on a patient whatever okay mm-hmm. would you how would you actually do that and you write it down step by step and you teach it step by step you know and that's literally how i design my content it's literally kind of a recipe format where whatever i do I then show them how to do it themselves. And that's important is, well, there's two ways of thinking about content. You can either um, put content out there that you think people might want to know about and that you actually get someone else to write for you, or you put content Mm -hmm. on something that you actually know and something that you've done and something that you've proven. And I honestly believe that um, proven content, something that you've done is much more um, powerful than than content right. where, you, where you've actually taken something from someone else. When you can actually show people that you've done it yourself, it makes it a lot more. Um, it makes people feel a lot more confident that they can actually do it themselves as well.
0: Absolutely, I really loved how you describe the entire content in a simple uh, example of a recipe. I feel that is where that's how. We, if you think about it as a recipe, you know that even. To add a salt is something that you have to write. It, it. <laughs> right, because that my when you were thinking of a content, you might just forget about things which are so obvious to you because it's your everyday routine uh, practice. But if you think of it as a recipe that you have to give each and every step, yep. I think that may adds the value to what you're trying to put out. I, I I loved I loved
1: that example. Yeah. And you know what the amazing thing is about online? I mean, I was just busy with a course while well, I'm still busy uh, structuring it at the moment. But you have this idea, you have this recipe, you start and you put the pieces together and then you suddenly realize, oh, gosh, I forgot such an important little step in between. And all you do is you go record mm. that video and you put it in between, you know, in live events where you actually if you forget it you forget it and it's done online you can right. keep going and keep developing and keep adding little pieces in between even if it's a two or three minute video i mean that's fine just add these little right. in between to make this content that you're actually giving even more and more and more valuable as you go
0: Right, I think that I think that's wonderful what you said. Like looking at the technology and how you can actually make the full utilization of these platforms, which are now available and accepted globally. Yes, yeah. So let's me ask you a little more before we go a little deeper on to you know the content and the and the mistakes what people make. I want to go a little bit to Guru Med, just to understand mm-hmm. what. Does Guru Med focus and what is the area that you know you're trying to
1: capture through that platform? Okay, so my idea, like I said, with GuruMed initially was just to be able to, to share that which I have learned and the things that um that I feel the profession needs to know to actually have it available. So um at the moment I well I've just finished uh launching my dry eye masterclass, which is a um, a class for optometrists where we go through the whole dry eye system, all the theoretical and clinical stuff, but more importantly, how to actually make your practice um, kind of move into the specialized area and actually generate income from that, because it's important that we can actually make an income from this, the stuff that we do. So, right. so the idea with GuruMed and, and it's and it's growing on a continuous basis I'm just busy finishing up my um, frontline assistance or my my practice team course based on speciality services so um, we want to be able to train the optoms but I also want to be able to train the practice staff to walk alongside your optoms because it's a it's a combined process you know and then I've got a very epic business um, uh, uh, course that I'm busy working on so that we can get practices into a place where they can uh, business-wise function better and they can incorporate all of these clinical things but make it make good business sense because as medical practitioners from everyone that I've spoken to we are not educated to be good at business Um, and Right. A lot of times we allow or we leave this up to our accountants or we just kind of go with what works. But at this stage where we are in the world and how things are going, um, we have to reinvent the way that we're working. Optometry is is at a very high risk um, of being, um, you know, kind of uh, placed in a very difficult position with all this disruptive technology that's coming out. And optometrists are Mm -hmm. who have to reinvent themselves and reinvent the way that they do business. And that is what I'm focusing on. I want us to try and change the way people focus on how they do business. And at the same time, the focus will shift over to patient care instead of it being on retail and sales and showing them how patient care and increased clinical skill can actually be a very good uh, practice builder.
0: I think this is fantastic. You have touched
1: upon so many aspects in just a
0: brief that you shared about not just training the optometrist, but also the staff and making money and involving the business side. Because when I did my MBA, I had the exact same feeling that I wish I knew this, all this business side of the courses when I came out of my optometry school. And when I was practicing for like a couple of years, I would have done so much better agreed yeah for sure that that definitely i feel is a huge chunk which needs to be you know incorporated mm-hmm. in in the optometry school that we have yeah. in the curriculum yeah. right now yeah
1: yeah No, i agree 100% and the the, the the thing though is with what i'm wanting to do and i i have i have very great respect for mbas and the and the courses that is done and i've never done one of those i've always wanted to and i've never had the time but where, again, where I want to focus is to actually have it being practical because the same thing right. these things that you learn, you learn how to um, read a balance sheet and you learn how to read financial statements, but how does that actually work in practice? What does that mean to me in practice? How do I know what I'm doing is working, you know? And it's not... Absolutely. My vision and my focus is very much not on the actual... Um, uh, shall I say the course content being about uh, you know being able to do financial statements it's about how are we actually going to pull people into our doors and make this work better and the the core I shall say the core value about what I found actually works is uh, number one it's passion you have to be passionate about what you do and so many optometrists don't have a passion they don't even know what they like about the industry. I've heard so many people say, you know, I'm so bored of just testing one or two, one or two every day, you know, and there's so much more to this profession than just that. Right. If you can find your passion and you can actually add value to your patients' lives, the money comes by itself it's just something that happens automatically so i want to show how to have a passion and what they are passionate about and and give them the knowledge so that they can learn to to walk into that passion and then add value to their patients lives and then get the practice team involved to take over the administrative side of things and get the business working. right i actually want to point out one thing when you
0: talk about passion i do know that many Younger optometrists or even a uh, few optometrists that I have been following, they have taken up social media to promote their practices, mm. whether it's Instagram, whether yeah. it's TikTok, they've found actually very innovative ways to connect with the patient. Yeah. And I've heard stories where yeah. the patient would drive, say, two hours just to see their doctor because of these you know, social media posts that they put across. So it could be something that you enjoy and you're passionate about. And it's all about thinking out of the box. How can I club my passion of whatever I do with optometry? And you never know, it would just work out wonders for you.
1: Exactly. And I mean, we we get so stuck in the natural and the normal way of advertising. And those days have come and gone. And you say it yourself now. Social media is a powerful, powerful platform. And in medical in medical practitioner or medical field, we haven't harnessed that yet because everyone's like, oh, you know what? I just do my thing and word of mouth and all of that. We have to start changing the way that we do business for sure.
0: Right. Absolutely, absolutely. I agree with you one hundred percent. And and I think during COVID, doc- doctors have started utilizing it yeah. and realizing it. So I'm happy to see that growth in that domain and trying to use different platforms and technology to promote the profession as well as making their own value out of it.
1: Yeah, no, 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 for sure.
0: And now when we talk about these content, whether it is, you know, creating for your course or the webinars, I, I'm pretty sure because you had because you mentioned initially that, you know, you have learned from scratch. Mm. Were there any highlights or points that you want to share, which would be a common mistake Or something that you've learned and you want people to avoid when they're trying to build these kind of content?
1: Okay, I think think the main thing for me um, in terms of content building was that um, you need to be careful that you don't think it's important for it to be complex and long. Because people don't want complex Mm. and long. People want simple and straightforward. So, And I'm not talking about long in terms of the whole course. I'm talking about in terms of whatever the specific topic is that you're discussing. Um, Unfortunately, the drive-through takeaway Mm. era where people want quick... Quick results, you know. So meet them. You want to meet them at that space with your content, and and because if you're gonna if you're gonna lose them five minutes into your your content presentation, you've lost them for the rest of the course, you know. So keep it simple. Keep it um, kind of valuable right. without needing it to, to be really drawn out and complex. And and then the the really second important thing to me was the fact that we should stop comparing ourselves. I've seen so many people um, either not do something or do something incorrectly because they are constantly focusing on what other people are doing. You need to focus what you are doing and what it is that you feel you bring to the table and, right. and just go with that because that is authentic. And unfortunately, with social media and online, um, authenticity is sometimes very hard to find. So... People will always hover to someone who is the most authentic. So keep right. it as authentic and as you as possible.
0: Absolutely. I do know this can be overwhelming and people can get influenced that, hey, you know what, this is working. I'm just going to use the set recipe and just copy paste mm-hmm. it. But yeah, you might you might lose. You might gain initially, but then you might not have those yeah. followers or those participants sticker on for a longer time yeah
1: and, and and you touched on it now i mean the 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 continuation of it is where the problem comes is i mean right you can do one thing now but is it sustainable what are you going to give these people in the long run so if you don't have mm-hmm. vision for what it is that you're doing how are you going to keep giving them content if you're going to have to take it from somewhere else so Right. Rather step back from the process before you, because that's something that I probably did uh, is kind of get into it too quickly. I should have probably taken maybe a month or two longer to make sure that I was, um, you know, happy with everything that I put out there because I had to very last minute go and change a few things and put other things in and take things out. So give yourself the space to actually, develop the thing that you think that you want to do with a, a, a view on how this is going to go in the long term before you jump in and start paying subscriptions for online platforms and doing website developments and everything and these things all cost money and Right. Then you're actually paying these things and you're not actually ready to put your to put your content out there. So don't rush it. I think with content, it's very important not to rush the process. And I think we all, and like I said before, I think we're all in this little fast food era at the moment. So everything has to happen quickly. But give yourself the space and the time to actually develop a, a sound concept before you actually put it online. Right. Absolutely. Now talking about this entrepreneurship building guru
0: med this itself and your own practice which you started from scratch is I'm pretty sure has been like a very tough and a challenging route for you how do you stay focused in times when you know things don't go actually your way or
1: you the way you have planned how what keeps you moving forward okay so I I have to share this with you because I think it's you guys have to hear my heart I have to share this with you when I walked into the practice this morning I said to the girls you know there are just some days where you wake up and you are just so over it. You are just like, I've just had enough. I am just, I didn't sleep last night. I was working until two in the morning and I'm tired and nothing is working. And, and this, this morning was one of those mornings for me. So (laughs) I'm aware now I've got to do this podcast and I'm just like, ah, I'm just so over it today, you know? And, and, <laughs> and you know what the amazing thing is I have a response from my team saying to me you know what you are you you can do this we know we believe in you you can do this and I think my main thing that keeps me going because we're all gonna get to that stage is where we are so over it because it's hard work but the main the main thing you have to have is you have to surround yourself with people who support you. You have to have people around you who believe in you. They don't have to understand your vision. They don't have to understand where it is that you're going, but they have to support you unconditionally. And if it wasn't people around me, if, if I wasn't able to go home to my husband and say to him, you know what, I'm done, I'm over it. And him saying to me, Oh, come here. Let me give you a hug. You'll feel better tomorrow. You know, if it wasn't for that, <laughs> I, I, I would have walked away from this a long time ago because we, we really can't do yeah. this by ourselves. And I've got a very big heart for my spiritual life. And I, I have that peace in me that actually, you know, helps me carry me through those, those bad days. But it really helps so much to have people walking around you and beside you. Um, and actually help you um, you know through the tough times because you really need that.
0: Absolutely. Now that you've shared the story, I feel I should share my story as well. Uh, it actually yeah. is so similar. So I started this podcast just out of passion and the love to you know learn and share the knowledge. There are times when I do want to publish it in certain amount of time and if i don't if I don't meet that time, I do stress out so much, and I start feeling guilty yeah. about it. So the process which was Mm. developed to enjoy turns into guilt and frustration that, oh, my God, I have to do this. Till I go back to my husband or someone, you know, who's who's my support system. they're like, you have started this to enjoy. Stop making it a task. Yes, 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 yes. That's perfect. Yeah. So I think we all cross these paths. But then we have people who support and believe that you know what you're mm-hmm. doing, what you love, just stick to it. So I, I love your story. And- yeah,
1: no, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's just I think a lot of us don't understand the value that someone brings to your vision because they don't have a piece in the content. So, but just having yeah. them there is important, you know. Um, and the other thing, the other thing I, I wanted to mention was that. Um, in terms of having people around you, you must understand that um, only you can be responsible to bring your dreams to life. You cannot expect someone else to actually make that happen for you. And that was hard for me as well, because sometimes you want to just walk up to someone and say, please just take this and do this for me. You know, please, I'm just, I can't think anymore. I'm tired. I'm just like, please just do it for me. And you know what, unfortunately, there is no one that can make a reality. Only you can do that. So when things get tough, you go and you walk away from it for a little bit, not longer than about 24 hours. Otherwise, you <laughs> might never get back to it. But just kind of take it, you know, and go and do something else. We all need to have something that takes our minds off of it. Go and do that thing that actually, um, you know, gives you peace, that gives you that joy and realize that you started this for a reason, and like you said, you started this because you had a passion for it. And when you when you just get back realization, then you'll have new um, you, you'll have new kind of uh, oomph to actually get back into doing it again.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree that you're taking that space and taking that break is so important. I have done so many times and it has definitely worked for me. And I highly recommend to anyone who, you know, who is feeling overwhelmed with any initiative they started. Yes. Please, Believe in yourself. Yes. Take a break and get back to it. You will be much stronger and much more uh, yes. energetic when you come back. Hundred <laughs> percent. All right. So now we did discuss a lot about Gurumayan entrepreneurship, your book, everything, and everything optometry. Now I'm going to go to mm. my fun segment, which I really love and enjoy, which is the rapid fire. And oh, okay, there will be a lot of fire as a general rule. I'll be asking you a question. You have to answer as fast as possible okay all right so i'm going to start with uh, the rapid fire and the question is if you were not an optometrist which was already your last choice but if you did not have any of the choices come true what career or what other career profession do you see yourself in emergency
1: case surgery oh, oh wow <laughs> <laughs> all uh, right. yeah no that's not gonna happen but yeah
0: Okay. <laughs> you're an optometrist we love you in that <laughs>
1: oh, thank you thank you so much
0: <laughs> all right so i i do know we don't travel or we cannot travel at this point but if you had to choose your favorite destination that you've already visited or you plan to visit as soon as you know the covid ends what would that be
1: uh any island where it's warm and i can actually lie on the beach and be in the sea so anywhere i can actually go to be warm right now <laughs> It's like freezing here, and I'm missing the beach. So, yeah, anywhere with there's sand and sea.
0: Oh, awesome! I think California could be one of one on your list.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 that no, for sure. We'll make it. A, we'll make it a visit and come and do that as well. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. Uh, what is your favorite cuisine? Oh, yes, that's a hard one. I think at the moment probably sushi. I think. <laughs>
0: Ah, oh. interesting. Yeah, I'm missing sushi because I don't know how to make that, and I we don't eat outside yet. So yes, mm. sushi yeah. loved it. Now, rank in the order of your preference or something that you love to do: teaching mm. or webinars, your clinical practice, or being an author and a content creator. Rank in the order of your preference or what you love to do the most. Mm, that is a really mm. hard one.
1: I I would probably I would probably put care and and the the webinars kind of on the same level um i love spending time with my parents i think that that really is such a great time for me but i also love spending time with the professionals but i still think maybe the practice takes a little bit higher rank than the webinars do um but yeah, it's very hard um i i you know what I'm actually I'm so blessed, you know. I I really love what I do, whenever (laughs) I do it, and whatever I do. So it's very difficult for me to rank it because when I walk away from the practice and I'm busy with the online stuff, I really enjoy doing that as well. And then when I walk away from the online, I do a I do a workshop. I really enjoy doing that as well. So it's it's Mm -hmm. about finding the value in what it is that you're busy with. So. Yeah, I know that's such a vague answer. Oh.
0: <laughs> no worries. I think I'll keep it. I'll keep it neutral. So you, they're all number one for you. Thank you. <laughs> I wanted to make it difficult, <laughs> but we'll leave it. We'll leave it at you know all being at number one. Okay. Uh, if we were to write an autobiography about your journey or about yourself, what would be the title
1: that you would like it to have? Hmm. Sure. Yeah, that's a good question. Um yes, you but you catching me today. I I probably <laughs> uh, take your time, Yeah. Please. I would I would probably say that it would it would be something like a 21st century empowered woman or something like that. You know, I think I th- I think it's it's we're in an era where we where, where women has been having to do so much and having to take on so many roles and and I'm by no means a feminist but um, I really think that women need to understand the value that they have. Um, so um being empowered in what it is that you do and loving what it is that you do, you find you you find peace in that space and you're able to do to be a good mom as well as be a good business person. So it would probably be something like, yeah, you know, woman empowered or something like that. <laughs>
0: That's that's interesting. I, I I'm pretty sure we'll we'll come up with the name when we actually write your book. But I like the idea overall. So answer taken. Thank
1: you, thank you for giving me more ideas. Not like I need any more, but I'm actually going to write that down just in case. <laughs> so we have,
0: uh, so all the listeners, we have another book empowering In and helping women overall to you know uh, learn about their power and grow coming soon on Amazon <laughs> Amen. there
1: we go let's go for it that's awesome
0: <laughs> all right currently I do know you love to be on the beach but because you cannot go on the beach what is your idea of relaxation at this point is it Netflix and chill like watching any series mm-hmm. or is it to travel or go for a drive in a safe space in the safe environment.
1: So so you are going to be seriously shocked about this answer. So my best space in my in my day is when I actually I, I do a bit of um archery. So my best is when I actually pick up my bow and I and I practice. It's really it's my time when my head space just clears. So some people go for a run, I pick up a bow and right. shoot arrows into a bag. So yeah, that's that's Wow. This is, this is
0: fascinating. I love this answer. Glad I had this question. <laughs> All right. Now, going back to a little to optometry, uh, if you had to
1: add or remove one thing from the optometry curriculum, what would that be? We have to definitely add more uh, medical-based training. You know, therapeutics, I think... Are- worldwide has to be and has to walk into the primary eye care space that we were meant to be in. And from the conversations that I've had with people is literally mainly America um, practices like that. No other country in the world um, has optometrists in a medical-based primary setting. They are literally spectacle uh, prescribers. And we are capable of so, so, so much more and I'm very grateful of being part of the movement in South Africa. And we've just got the therapeutics thing through and the medical aids are just starting to pay um, us for that uh, function. So um, that's what I think needs to be added globally to the optometry um, uh, curriculum. Um, I think we can do a lot less uh, theoretical based modules and a lot more practical. Get the guys into a hospital setting um, like, and, and get them uh, learning how to actually treat patients
0: wonderful and one last uh, the last question for the rapid fire mm-hmm. if you had to give one message mm-hmm. to a younger younger yourself
1: what would that be I would say that you need to stop doubting yourself stop doubting the the, the ideas and the passions that you have in your head and um, and just go with it be okay with making mistakes because making mistakes actually makes you grow stop trying to perfect stop trying to be perfect right. in everything you do and just actually enjoy the process of learning making mistakes and getting better at what it is that you're doing
0: wonderful and that's the end of the rapid fire Sorry. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure you had fun i had fun too so
1: it uh, <laughs> was brilliant
0: all right before i let you go one mm. last advice or a take of a message that you would like to give to my listeners
1: the one thing um that um, is a is a thing that i also wrote in my book um is that um and it's this quote that i put in the book that says um your dreams must be so big that they are impossible to achieve without god leading the way and i think a lot of times um we have very little guidance but we dream so small Um, so, so guys, I just want to say to you, whatever your dreams are, whatever you are kind of wanting to achieve, all you have to do is have enough faith in yourself that you can actually get there. Um, and when you actually believe in yourself and you surround yourself with people that actually believe in you, then you, you can really do anything that you set your mind to, you know, and the word says you can put your, you you know, in God, you are able to achieve anything that you put your mind to. So, um, be willing to take the risk. Be authentic in actually moving into that space, but allow yourself to dream big because the bigger you dream, the higher you will actually reach.
0: Well, I am so inspired by your method. I, I loved it and I think this has made me realize I should go back and rethink my dreams and actually you know take those ri- risks and leaves versus just bounding your dreams to something which is so limited. Thank you once again for this wonderful wonderful session. it was it was truly uh, inspirational and enriching in terms of the information that you shared. For all the listeners I'm going to add the information that the details of Gurumed do check out that link and reach out to her she's a wonderful wonderful person that we just connected for the podcast but I would I'm sure we'll stay in touch forever so thank you once again for your time and all your inputs
1: Thank you, Octian. Thank you for you and and really this this platform is is fantastic. And I I really um you know kind of salute you for being willing to do this because as an uh, an entrepreneur, it's I know how hard it is. So yeah, you are you are great. And it's been a pleasure to to connect with you. And for sure, we will be friends forever. I am going to come visit you over this over the seas at some stage for sure.
0: <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much, everyone. Do stay safe.